Despite losing their last game, the Cleveland Cavaliers have won 16 out of 18 games. On today's episode, we're going to talk about their legit chances of winning and competing for an NBA title. We're also going to ask, does Wimby have a legit shot at being the defensive player of the year? We're going to get to all that and more right after this. Welcome to the number one place for your daily basketball news and analysis, NBA Central. What's going on, basketball fans? Welcome to another episode of NBA Central, your number one spot for everything basketball-related. Big Kev, Bobby, and Hayes, we all in the building today. And, fellas, we got to talk about it. Unfortunately, we got to talk about one of the rivals of our favorite team. That's the Chicago Bulls. We're going to talk about the Cleveland Cavaliers, who are right now killing it. Not only are they boasting a top uh, defense in the NBA, right now they have the second-ranked defense in the entire NBA. They 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 don't rank on the season too high offensively, but efficiency-wise, over these last 20 game stretches, they're in the top five of efficiency. With that said, when you look at this run by the Cleveland Cavaliers, the fact that they didn't really make any huge trades either, people thought that they may sell off some of their pieces. They end up keeping most of that team together. How do you look at this Cleveland Cavaliers team and their and their chances of actually competing, not only to make it out the East, before an NBA title? I mean, their chances as good as anybody's in the East. It, right now, looking at the Eastern Conference, you just don't know. Boston is always there, right? Like, they're always there, but they can't get over the hump. Philly lost Embiid. Uh, Milwaukee is still in flux after firing their coach, and it seemed like it just wasn't the coach. It's a team issue. Cleveland got a good chance, as, as good of a chance as anybody in the Eastern Conference to make it to the finals. I mean, yeah. I think, I think they got a... Hey, it's you can't knock them for what they've been doing, but I think that it's gonna be just a, for me the regular season. It's very important, you know what I'm saying. You get your seed and everything out, but we know that for for me personally, it just matters for what you do in the playoffs. And I know last year, you know what I'm saying. These guys seemed like they couldn't get you know the chemistry down packed, and then you still think about you know once those teams, the the Boston's, the Miami's, you know the the even the New York Knicks now with the way and how they aggressively they have played they play defense now you got to wonder how can that small backcourt for the Cleveland Cavs match up for some of the teams that might be trying to throw a little bit more size at them because if they match up against Boston I think that Boston size might give them a little bit of problem but for as of right now you can't take nothing away from them because the East right now is still not as strong as the West. And I don't think there's a clear-cut favorite right now in the Eastern Conference. Yeah, I, I agree with that. There's no clear-cut. Even though you look at the Boston Celtics and what they've done record-wise throughout all the season, that number two spot is fluctuated from everywhere between the Cavs, the, the Bucks, and the New York Knicks all kind of vying for that second spot. But it, it's going to be a fun playoff race in the Eastern Conference. And I right. think this is one of those years where – yeah, you may have the team that has the number one seed or whatever, but these team matchups match up against each other really well. The Milwaukee Bucks are kind of figuring it out. Doc Rivers, we'll talk at some point. We may have to do a whole episode on Doc Rivers being the coach of the Milwaukee Bucks because, <laughs> hey, listen, it's like you could have kept what the hell you had, but a uh, story for another day. <laughs> story oh, for another bro. day. Bruh. But, you know, the New York Knicks, uh, that trade seems to really have worked out for them. Uh, the Philadelphia 76ers adding some more shooting. We haven't really gotten to see how that's going to play with them, especially with Joel Embiid being out right now. And if he does come back, he's literally going to have a few weeks before the playoffs kind of get back in rhythm, and we'll see what that ends up being for him. But are you, are you when you when who's your right now, despite the record, despite everything, who do you have pegged as your favorite to come out the Eastern Conference? Boston. 
Boston. And only because of the history of they've, – they've been doing it pretty much since Jalen Brown and Tatum been there. They've been at least making it to the Eastern Conference Finals. They, they, they improved their team by adding pieces uh, in the offseason. So it's Boston's East to lose. But as we've seen with Boston, they can lose. You get what I'm saying? So it's, it's not like it's, it's just clear cut and dry, black and white, that Boston's going to do it. But they, they should be the favorites, basically because of two things. Offensively, they're putting up 120-plus points a game. I think that's second or third behind some uh, – in the top six, that's second. And then they're giving up only 111, so they still play defense. They're almost plus 10, and they win at home. So if they stay in the number one seed, it's going to be tough to beat them in Boston in the playoffs. So that's the only reason I have them at, uh, as the, the favorites in the East. Before you uh, go, Bobby, I just want to throw in to add a little color to what Kev said. The Boston Celtics have a point differential of 9.4. That is almost historically good. We're talking about putting them at some of the elite offense-defense combinations in the history of the NBA. And right. I, I, I just wanted to add that on there because what Kev said was de definitely spot on there. What about you, Bob? Definitely. I mean, uh, Kev, I think that's a strong pick. You can't go wrong, especially with, you know what I'm saying, with so much parity in the Eastern Conference. But I think that the problem with, with Boston with me is that I still, I, I like the additions of Porzingis and Drew Holiday, but I still think it's still a little bit too much finesse. I want to see him get a little more gritty. You know what I'm saying? And um, I, 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 I like some of the things that Joe Missoula does, but still with the high, the high clip of trying to shoot so many threes, to me, it's, it speaks too much to finesse. So for right now, from the Eastern Conference, I think I got to give, I got to rock with the Bucks. Yeah, it probably ain't, you know. I got to rock with the Bucks simply because I believe they got the guy who can absolutely dominate, and that's Giannis. And then now you add on a Damian Lillard, you know what I'm saying? Granted, he's not the defender that Drew Holiday is, but he is way more clutch. And he can answer the call. And I think that when you got those two guys to where Giannis can go ahead and, you know, carry the torch for most of the game, and then when it's game time, it's game time, baby. That's why I got the Bucks at least for right now. Until Real quick, Bobby. Real quick. Milwaukee, their calling card was always defense in the in this stretch where their championship window has been open. It was defense. And yeah. right now, they're giving up 119 points per game. I'm not, sure, I'm not sure what that looks like in the playoffs because we know that defense in the playoffs is different. But they would have to make up six points, basically, to keep up with Boston uh, defensively. That's the reason why I didn't pick the Bucks to start the season because I felt like the, when, I mean, when Boston lost Marcus Smart, it was like, okay, the Bucks got to be the team to beat. But when they replaced him with Drew Holiday, it's like, oh, well, they basically just, just replaced Marcus Smart with Marcus Smart in terms of defense. And that's mm -hmm. why I picked Boston over Milwaukee. I don't mm -hmm. see Milwaukee's defense changing starting the playoffs. My bad, though. Go ahead. Oh, no, I was going to say, I th and that's a fair analysis. I just think that superstar wins win series, bro. And I just, I'm not saying Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown can't get it done. I just think that Giannis, he has an opportunity to completely dominate another playoff. And I think that when the basketball game slows down in the playoffs, I understand you still going to have to defend. And I think that it's just going to, I think it's going to be a little bit more closer than what we think in those playoffs. If they see each other in the playoffs.
Yeah, that's the thing. They got to make it to each other. They probably wouldn't see each other until early as the second round, and maybe not right. even the Eastern Conference Finals, depending on how the, the seating shake out. Right. Uh, I mean, I love both you guys' pick, and I you know I go back and forth between those two teams all the time. But Boston right now, like I said, the the way that they're playing defense and offense, yeah, they're not elite uh, offensively per se, but they're they're putting up points. Like it just it's it's that's it's fair. great balance. Um, and I look at the depth that they have on that team, and as playoff series goes on. I think that depth is probably going to be what kind of saves their bacon. And the Milwaukee, but the only question that I have on Bucks, if the Bucks would have gotten, not to say that I would have wanted our team to trade him away, but if they would have gotten like a like a Alice Caruso oh, type player Lord. at the trade deadline, I'd pick them whole way through. It would be Easy. no question about it. No oh, question. Uh -huh. Because they don't have that right now, it it's kind of made me doubt them a little bit more. And I That's look bad. at the Knicks. The Knicks are a team that I always expect to collapse the further they get in the playoffs. Um <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, I, I don't expect thing. it this season though. With the right, listen, listen, bro. Until they, I, I'm gonna show me. You gotta show until they show. Otherwise, I'm just gonna believe. Yeah. It. Like I, 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 it's hard for me to think and like get it. They, they. I'll say this right now. It, objectively, there's less reason to think they're gonna completely fall off than any other season before. They've built it in with their depth, the acquisitions that they made. I love the fact that they continue to be an aggressive front office. Even with having success, they never set, uh, uh, rest on their laurels. That's something commendable about that. But um, I just don't trust them right now. So, you I, know, we'll I'll see say this, Doug. The Knicks, this is the first time since Thibodeau been there that the Knicks have a Tom Thibodeau team. That's fair. And, and OG and Anobi is a Tom Thibodeau player. When they traded for him, yeah. it made all the sense in the world. He is an OG yeah. and Anobi type player. Like, if you yeah. really look at it, if you look at the, the makeup of the roster, he's trying to uh, – to duplicate the what 0607 Bulls very well on that roster. So you yeah. feel me? So that's that's all I'm saying. I'm not saying the Knicks are gonna the, the, the Knicks could be what the Heat were last year mm -hmm. in the playoffs. If they if they if it comes all all comes together, and let's not forget that the Knicks had a decent playoffs last year. They had mm -hmm. a very hobbled Julian right. uh Julius Randle. A healthy Julius Randle, they beat the Heat because the Heat they, well, they took the Heat the five or six games in that series mm -hmm. without Randall playing at his best. So I just feel like the Knicks are a, a sleeper in the East. Not necessarily that they will do it, but they'll definitely be a sleeper candidate for the Eastern Conference. I, sure. I mean, the biggest thing with them always is injuries, right? You got Julius Randall, who's not going to be evaluated for two weeks. Yeah. Mitchell Robinson is going to start doing some on-court things over the All-Star break, so we'll see if he mm -hmm. can get back. If they have those guys healthy, I think OG Ananobi's out now, too. If they can get yep. all those guys healthy at the right time and they can stay healthy, they can definitely make them. I'm not saying that they're going to be a first-round exit. I think they're going to make it extra. Really, when you look at the Eastern Conference, I can make a legitimate argument for almost all the top six teams in the Eastern Conference Next, to make a push yeah. for the Eastern Conference. <laughs> yeah, because I was going to throw the sixes up in there. I'm like, yeah. uh, uh, Joel Embiid, yes, he's going He's going to have to go through that rehabilitation period. But let's keep in mind, he's going to have fresh legs if he does return. And we remember what happened when AD returned with fresh legs. It was championship. I can't, I can't AD. argue the magic. I can't argue the Just magic. Just saying. I, well, instead of the magic, I'm gonna flip that with the Pacers. Like okay. to me, they, they haven't had a, they haven't really got had a lot of chance to get Halliburton and Pascal on the same page. If they do hit that, I can see them making a push to the Eastern Conference Finals. Yeah, bro. I think like, that's the. I think yeah. Pascal was the perfect uh, pickup for them. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't think we've seen the best of what that team can be yet. They're going to come back after the All Star break. They're going to use that time period to get everybody back on the same page and things like that. I think the Pacers can make it interesting as well. But I agree with you. Yeah. The Magic are the one team where it's like 
the Magic are, are good. Don't get me wrong, and I and I, they're young and they're going to be there for years to come. But uh, you don't go from where they were last season to being an Eastern Conference Finals. That'd be crazy. Yeah, that'd be that'd be bananas. They got the defense. It's just that their offense isn't as isn't good enough. Like yeah. I think their plus minus is like plus point eight or something like that. Let me yeah, see those ju- those yeah. young players just got to continue to grow. That's all. Yeah. Yep. All right. Well, with that said, anything left on the Eastern Conference? Well, we talked about the team that we can see. Who's your sleeper? If you had to pick one of the teams, I know we just said a lot of teams have chances, but one team to kind of disrupt the Eastern Conference flow like the Miami Heat did last year, who's your one team that you think could do that? Uh, it's going to be tough. I mean, it could be Miami again. It's just like when the, whatever the playoffs happen, Miami happens. But it could also be the Atlanta Hawks. They got two studs in DeJounte Murray and Trey Young. And if they could f- just figure out how to string together some wins, they will be a good team. They just got porous defense, bro. They averaging 121 and giving up 124. That's bananas. Kev, I respect it, but I, the, the Hawks need to come to a, a decision and just say this is not working. It was a it, It's a trade that it was good at the time, but – Bro, it, we watched them last night versus the the other night. I mean, versus the Chicago Bulls, and the the, the you didn't know if Trey Young wanted to be the point guard or Dejounte Murray wanted to be the point guard, and it was it was just ah, it was off. I think uh, uh, I think they need to do away with that. But I did a sleeper. Right. I got a. I'm always show the love to Heat coach. <laughs> I just mm-hmm. I got to because it's just Eric Spolstra for some reason in the playoffs he be ready to go, and then when Jimmy Butler is on, he's on. So I'm always show their respect. I'm always get them that respect. And that ter- that Terry Rozier acquisition can really play, play yeah, uh, pay off for them. Agreed. Um, yeah. You know he he's he's hurt right now. Uh, luckily, uh-huh. he doesn't doesn't have a serious injury. But like you said, once the playoffs start, the Miami Heat are different. They have one of the best coaches in the game of basketball, and that's always yeah. going to be something that you have a chance. A lot of tough players there. So we we'll end up seeing, man. We we'll end up seeing for sure. All right, but uh, a situ uh. A topic that Bobby ended up bringing up that I think is really good to talk about, Wimby's chances, chance of winning Defensive Player of the Year. I think we all can say that he got the Rookie of the Year bagged, right? Like, that, that's yeah, going to happen. He's right. bagged up. He's <laughs> right. Can he, can he be – I don't know if it's happened in NBA history before. I have to actually look it up. But yeah. can he win Defensive Player of the Year as well? As a first of all, as a rookie and mm. on a team that's barely gonna win twenty five games, maybe absolutely he can win it. <laughs> yeah, no, just and just look, no rookie has ever won Defensive Player of the Year, and he's he 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 is on pace to become the first. Ro- they got eleven wins, eleven, and this man is out there as a dominant force. I have no. No qualms about whether or not he can do it. My man is averaging 20 points, 10 rebounds, one steal, and 3.2 blocks. He had 10 blocks last night, a triple-double with 10 blocks. <laughs> I mean, yes, he can win it. Will he win it? <sighs> Who else? Is it Jaren? Like, I-, I can't think. Like, the typical people is man. like Giannis, Jaren Jackson Jr., Anthony Davis, like those types of players, like are they having those types of seasons where they just separating themselves from Victor? I think it's gonna, I think it's gonna be tough for him. But uh, hey, it's entertaining to watch the man play. This damn guy is big as hell. <laughs> like, <laughs> but I think that when you consider like the Rudy Gobert's, the Jared Allen's, even Bam has been tossed around a little bit. I think it's. I don't 
think he's a the leader, but I think that with that 10 block game, you be like, hold on. You, you, you start to hone in a little bit more. And I think when you, as a young player or a player that's, you know, in the running for those accolades, you need those games to where you have moments. I don't know if I can say those moments have been present for Rudy Gobert, Jared Allen, or Bam as of right now. I know we always talk about Anthony Davis, you know, and how he matches up well against other bigs, but he ain't, ain't knowing none of these guys had a 10 block game this season. <laughs> mm -hmm. That's a, a, a game that you, you, you going to remember that game. You know what I'm saying? So he's going, he's giving himself a strong chance. And if he's putting himself in a position for that, I'm all for it. Yeah. The only thing that I can think could really hold him back from it. Well, not the only thing. One of the biggest things is just that the team success is in there. And yeah. even though yeah. these are individual awards, team success does play a part in them as well. So that's really the biggest thing holding back. Like Victor Wimbiama is one of the few players that even in their first season has lived up to every bit of the individual right. hype coming into the yes. season. Mm -hmm. And that alone is, and, and that's more of a conversation for the rookie of the year, but like it, it doesn't happen that often. It's literally him, LeBron, and who else? Like who else in the, in recent histories lived up to the hype their rookie year? That's, and that's to it. the degree maybe? Anthony De Edwards. Anthony Edwards to a degree? Like, yeah. Anthony Davis too. Uh, uh, Zion, except for the injuries, but like uh, when he Zion, injuries, yeah. when he Zion actually played, really though, he put the numbers up. But I'll say this: if Scotty Barnes is an All Star on a nineteen and thirty five team, Victor can win Defensive Player of the Year. That's Look, fair you, enough. You just solve the argument. That's it. For that's, real. that's it's done. <laughs> Kev just Fact. solved it. That's yeah. There's no excuse for it. So. I, I, and and I love watching Wimby play, bro. Like Wimby is one of the, he's basically the only reason to watch the San Antonio Spurs right now. Like it just literally it is what it is, man. And, <laughs> and I hope I, they get him the point guard to to help be his his running mate, bro. Bro, get him fast. <laughs> yeah. Please get, find this young player some help so they can all grow up with each other. Did they just add the um the what's his name Trey Jones? I mean, he's not the answer, but they add they added Trey Jones. I mean, he's been on the he's team. He's already been on the team. He was already there. Oh, he's, so he's not the answer then. He's I mean, no, get, don't get me wrong. Trey Jones is good. I think Trey Jones' this season has been held back that they wanted to try that dumb ass shit with Jeremy Sohan at the beginning yeah, of the season being the point guard. Because he, like he only got 20 starts for the yeah, season. Yeah, like, like, I, like and, and Trey Jones is only 24 years old. Like, uh, to me, I would have I would have given the run to Trey Jones to start. But again, that's a story for another day. But um, I just don't it, like Trey Jones is solid as a point guard. Don't get me wrong. And I think if he was on a team that like had a bunch of solid scores and he could just be a point guard, distribute, play defense and hit open shots. We'd be talking about Trey Jones completely different. But I think yeah. with finding a running mate to pair with with Wimby long term, you want a point guard with a little bit with a little bit more umph. And then if those yeah. guys can grow together over years. Like Katie and Russ were able to do, uh, yeah. I think I think that's what you want to try to get for for Wimby in this upcoming draft. So I agree with that. You got to find somebody that's that you that that's a, that has some explosion in him, but also is smart enough to be able to learn the game and be able to facilitate some things and play make the correct way. Because a, a lot, I think a lot of people get it messed up. They think it's just all pick and roll. No, the point guard uh, position requires you to do much more than just run pick and roll. So they the need a guy that's going to be able to be well. Yes. If he if he if he could have gotten a a, a older Rajon Rondo type, like oh. Rajon, like right before he retired, he was still serviceable. That type of Wimby would be thriving with an old Rajon Rondo, bro. You know a point guard that would that would be perfect if they were healthy to pair with Wimby, Lonzo Ball, yeah. bro. 
Definitely. That would be literally the perfect Definitely. point guard. He's going to set so him right, up easily. Right, right now, you can see that the coaching staff is at least talking to the San Antonio Spurs players because mm -hmm. that triple-double that he got last night, they wasn't even looking to see where he was at. They was just throwing the ball as high as they could Toward the basket. Nobody else is going to be able to get it. That's what like, it should be anyway. Exactly. That's it. <laughs> like, Just it was moments that we seen this man didn't touch the ball for a possession. What are we doing? This is the mm -hmm. best player on the team already. Y'all yeah. trying to make yourselves away. No. This is the guy. <laughs> it's, it was, it's like Calvin Johnson with Matt Stafford. He would just throw that thing up and say... I got Calvin Johnson out there somewhere. <laughs> He'll get it. He'll go get it. Uh, yeah, but so, yeah, I definitely think Wimby has that chance to defensive player of the year. And uh, let's see if he can get it, man. He can make history. Make history. We'll see. So, yeah, man. Any any last thoughts, fellas, before we get up out of here? The NBA in good hands, y'all. All these old heads that saying that nobody play defense, this, that, and the other. The NBA is in good hands. Scoring is up, but... The top defensive teams are still 10, 12 points higher than, than their opposition, and that's what really matters, point differential. Not necessarily how many threes are being shot or how many points Luka Doncic can score. These teams are out there playing good basketball. Stay tuned, y'all. Stay tuned. Definitely stay tuned because according to the Athletic, Kyle Kuzma said, uh-uh. I don't want to go to Dallas. <laughs> but tune you know, in. Yeah, that, we got to talk about that. Because, like, I, is it that people really just don't want to play with Luka? Is that what we're starting to see? I think so. I don't think that's they really want to. Oh, that's you know an episode. You, that's <laughs> how you play pickup right. basketball. And you got that player that's raw, but they don't pass it when they need to. Yeah. Or they, they, they take a bad shot when they're doing a heat check. That's what Luca is. It's like, man, bro, I was open when you shot that forty footer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Not that's crazy. That's crazy. All right, fellas, man. Hey, guys, thank you so much for tuning in. Make sure you guys go check out Big Cav over at uh, Chicago White Sox and Cubs since we're holding down the baseball side of things. You can check Bobby out over at the Shy Bulls podcast with the Kayak Boys and Chicago Bears Central. But this is NBA Central. Follow us collectively at NBA Central Pod on every social media platform. You can send us any feedback, questions, comments, concerns, NBA Central Show at gmail.com. And then lastly, if you want to leave a text message and or voicemail, 773-270-2799 with the number one spot. Spot for everything basketball related, man. And we'll see you guys the next time we make a video. Peace out. <laughs> <laughs>